0: are you ready to write do you want to learn what it takes to create a writing career then tune in and take notes because on simply Write, we talk about the writer's craft and the qualities and quirks of living a writer's life let's go Hello and welcome to Simply Write with Polly. This is the podcast where we talk about the writing craft and crafting a writer's life. And today I am joined by fantasy fiction novelist, Joshua Rutherford. So if you've ever fantasized about writing and you've ever fantasized about writing fantasy, this is a show for you because Josh is out there doing it. And today we are gonna talk about his process, world building, and maybe even dip a little into the self-publishing role. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you so much, Polly. It's great to be here. Josh Rutherford is an American fantasy fiction novelist who has gained praise for writing deep narrative, intriguing world building in his first book, Sons of Chania. In 2018, he released two more feature length fantasy titles and following those, he published a sequel called Peacefall a few years later. He's a graduate of the University of California, Santa Cruz with a degree in film and digital media. And he's written several feature film screenplays and television pilots when he's not writing which it doesn't sound like very often when he's not writing he's spending time with his family in austin texas josh we open every show with the dailies so what does a regular day look like
1: oh goodness that's a great question Polly. and i'm not too sure if i have regular days uh, especially being a father of uh, two young boys uh here in central texas uh very much that keeps me busy throughout the day but uh, a typical day will look like uh well monday through friday i do have a day job and then after that uh you know with let's say bath time with the boys and then dinner time and trying to get them settled and everything really my writing uh tends to coalesce uh, towards the evenings, towards the end of the day. Um, Certainly, uh, writing has always been very cathartic for me, very restorative. And I find myself uh, really focusing on writing for um, just chunks of time, blocks of time, uh, either, you know, let's say after the kids go to bed, maybe before I get something to eat, but definitely later on in the evening, I'm a night writer, if you will. And I really treasure those moments that I can just grab uh, oftentimes unplanned, and just really kind of just focus on my writing and delve into the narrative. And oftentimes they are fragmented, and they but they're still very um, you know resourceful and very valuable to me. So yeah, I just love those kind of little um, kind of off the cuff moments where I can just be creative, take a step back, focus on my craft, and really just put uh, words to the page.
0: Well, today, my I get to interview you, and this is my continuing education. I always tell the writers who listen that my my job of interviewing other writers, I always bring something from these interviews that makes me better, too. And I think that's part of the job, right? We have to find ways, since many of us work in isolation on our writing, at least in the early development process, we've got to find ways to keep up-leveling our skills and learning from one another. And that helps me do that a lot. And then I'm going to send out a letter of introduction I'm looking for work. I, I want to uh, take on some new writing projects. I had one project end and it's it's time to move on to the next and then after that uh, I will be working a little bit on my fiction. So those are the dailies. Josh, you said you had a day job. What does that look like? What kind of work do you do during the day?
1: During the day I work in human resources uh, and benefits for a, a gaming company. So uh, really kind of uh, during the normal working hours, I am just uh, following up with employees of uh, my coworkers, uh, a lot of emails. So <laughs> that also invested, yeah, in front of a laptop. So uh, I'm very well versed in just kind of that uh, kind of work from home, laptop, computer style.
0: You've talked about your writing process as being restorative for you. when you get back to it in the evening after the kids are in bed or, or whatever it is. At the end of the day, I'm tired. You know, my, my mind is tired. How do you keep that energy to keep going? How do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, um, You know, during the day, um, I will admit um, that there are times when my mind wanders. And while I have my notebook right here sitting next to me and I can jot down thoughts and everything, the evening uh, brings a sense of calm, a sense of peace uh, and fatigue, (laughs) admittedly, as you alluded to, Uh, but uh, really uh, kind of restoring myself and just getting my kind of the is flowing with the creative process, that gives me enough energy. Granted, sometimes I'm still tired when I'm right, but sure. enough energy to uh, really just at least delve a little bit into the process and get my uh, thoughts onto the page. Um, so that, you know, like uh, all of us working parents, that kind of like just edges me a little forward. Um, you know, admittedly, I do sometimes just lay my head on the pillow and with the intention of getting up, uh, only to find the morning (laughs) has come. But, uh, also it involves being very, um, you know, to that point, very forgiving and very compassionate with yourself. So I think there's a definitely a balance between kind of having that drive and that push and that perseverance, but also the compassion and the self-forgiveness with, uh, knowing that this lifelong journey of mine, you know, I can take some time off if I need to, and then come back rested, hopefully the next day.
0: I remember, I mean, I would have nights I was putting our daughter to bed and I'd fall asleep with her, you know, and then wake up and get going again, get into the next thing, which was a lot of work in the evening, because when you are, even if you are working in another job during the day, That family always pulls you in. If if you're, you know, those little kids are compelling and and interesting to be around. But I remember being tired at the end of the day and putting her to bed and like, oh, I can't get back up and do any more work today. But you do it, right? You called it a lifelong journey for you. And I know you studied film and digital media. How has this evolved? Were you a born writer who just took this to different places along? Or how'd you end up here?
1: Well, I've always had a lifelong interest in writing. I would say, um, it really, um, kind of percolated at Pete in high school when I was considering, um, what I wanted to do with my life. And that's why, um, I went to Santa Cruz to study film and digital media. I had, um, grand aspirations of becoming a screenwriter. That's why I studied film. And I took, um, The only two screenwriting classes offered at the time at UC Santa Cruz, and uh, you know, and then from there I started screenwriting, uh, and uh, that was definitely a very, uh, let's just say, clunky journey because Mm. you know, certainly with screenwriting, um, your first audience, and depending on your script, maybe your only audience is say an individual like a agent, a producer, a literary manager, and it really doesn't allow for a lot of exposure if you know, for instance, if you're like me, where you're unrepresented, and you really have to kind of uh, just kind of pound on those doors and kind of make headway. Well, um, fast forward a couple years, and after one particularly biting piece of criticism I received from a producer about one of my scripts, I knew I still had stories in me that I had to tell, but I wanted to try a different medium. So that's when I started uh, really kind of thinking about writing a novel, which led to my first endeavor, Sons of Chania, um, which coincidentally was based on one of the worst scripts I ever wrote, at least worst in terms of the feedback I got. But I knew there was a story there. And I found the novel writing process uh, yeah, to be so liberating and just so much more accommodating than being restricted to, say, uh, the kind of the very strict protocols of screenwriting. And I've been writing novels ever since
0: well in screenwriting you talk about that the script the strict rules but I mean there's a tight format you're mostly going dialogue right
1: R- right yeah the formatting is just very um yeah very set um certainly you, you know the adage of like one page equals one minute of screen time hmm. to- Holds up so, uh, especially for up and coming screenwriters, you want your scripts to be between ninety to one hundred and twenty pages. There, so there's always these nuances and everything um, and specifics that you have to follow in order to present yourself as a very polished, as a very studied screenwriter. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) that was a lot of feedback I got in terms of uh, formatting uh, and how to set up a a screenplay and everything. And uh, you know, certainly that. While it provides challenges, it also can provide frustrations. And that kind of led me over the years towards novel writing and to more uh, let's say lower uh, I could say less formatting, <laughs> yeah. Uh versus more formatting in my writing.
0: I'm a big fan, regardless of where you land and what people prefer to write, I'm a big fan of trying out different styles and genres anyhow, because I think we take the best, the things we're best at, and we grow in the other things from each Style from each genre and get better at it. I think um, learning those two, I, I wrote a lot of nonfiction, I still do, and, and now I'm working on some fiction. I think there are parts of both of those that really support each other and make me a better writer. But uh, it, it can be tough to weather the criticism in any aspect of writing, right? Even even the top-level writers we talk about get their share. So what made you keep going? You talked about biting criticism. I mean, in, in Hollywood especially, it can be... Very harsh. Why didn't you just quit?
1: I'm still revisiting that <laughs> question day and day and day um, because uh, it, it takes a lot out of you. I mean, there've been times, especially in my younger days when I was just getting started out, I thought I wrote the most brilliant thing in the mm-hmm. world, to be told. Um, it was absolutely horrible. Um, that's a direct quote. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, you know what I think propelled me on is just knowing that that criticism did not reflect my full potential. I always had more. Now, whether that more was good or bad, time has told and time will tell. But I always felt this urge that there were, there were these stories, these narratives within me that needed to be told. And if anything, I looked at that criticism, especially when. It certainly felt very personal to me as a challenge in which to improve myself and to uh, learn more and to grow uh, as both a writer and an individual.
0: Well, I admire that. Writing is very personal. I just wrote something that I know is bad. (laughs) Like I was working my tail off and it was bad. And I had to go through... The badness and the self doubt that, kind and I've been doing this twenty five years, and and all those icky feelings, and then I, I shared it with uh, not an editor yet, but but a reader, and they confirmed that it was bad, and I, I like what you said. I, I think there's a sense of us that knows later on, but when we're evolving into the profession we have to learn our own taste right we have to learn what we're good at and what we're bad at and what's not working and and have uh, the discernment to step away and say oh no this isn't ready this isn't there yet and to do that without quitting especially in the face of criticism takes a lot of strength and and i think um that's why more people don't Right. You know, I read some statistics like 93% of people have a, think they have a book in them and they want to write a book and, and only like half of, one, half of 1% or something like that ever finish their book. And I think that criticism, that disappointment, that uh, self-doubt, all those things from outward and inward can really get in our way from doing the work. Yeah, absolutely. I like what you said earlier, Josh, about having compassion and forgiveness for your process. So do you write every day and when you don't, is it just a commitment to yourself or if you don't to get up the next day and, and write that day? How do you set that process up for yourself?
1: Yeah, well, um, I'd say my process, uh, especially being a family man and having competing responsibilities is very uh fluid and flexible and that, um, yeah, I try to write every day. And as I mentioned, uh, in the evenings, now, um, I try to set, uh, daily goals for myself, um, depending on how, let's say strenuous my day is. If I know I'm going to have a really long day during my day job, maybe I'll only write for, uh, 30 minutes or even just 15 minutes at the end of the day. Um, thankfully, um, I, do right, uh, mostly every day. And then those days when honestly, I need to rest. And I know it's best for me just to get to sleep earlier than later. Um, I'll just, uh, kind of, um, really kind of schedule out more time, uh, late either the next day or later on in the week, just to make up for that. So it's a very, uh, it's almost like a, um, dating myself now again, uh, like Tetris or Uh. or a more current version like Minecraft, where you're just kind of looking at like (laughs) blocks of time or just blocks and kind of seeing, uh, where the pieces can fit and how best to kind of just proceed forward, uh, day by day.
0: When you're not writing, are you thinking about the story? Is that happening when you're taking a rest day or are, are you able to shut it off and go on to the other stuff?
1: oh uh my mind I'm a wanderer so my mind is always on uh you know really the uh, writing process and thinking about uh, the next steps and where I can go um I think that's what has driven me towards fantasy in particular because uh, really uh, my imagination just goes wild um that there's that adage which I'm sure you've heard uh, write what you know and I oftentimes, Well, take that a grain of salt, because if I did that, I'd be the most boring writer in the world.
0: Me too. (laughs) Me too. I write what I want to learn (laughs) or think about or play with. Yeah. I love that. We're going to take a short break. Um, When we get back, Josh, I want to get into that fantasy writing, how you start thinking about these worlds and this world building and some of the things that are unique to fantasy writing and fantasy novels. And we're going to take a short break right here on Simply Write with Polly and Josh rutherford today and so we're here on the Electrocast network part of the creators network and you can find out more about my work and join our community at simplywrite.substack.com if you want to go take a deep dive and get tip sheets and do these other things that we talk about here on the show but for now stay with us we're going to take a quick break and come back with josh rutherford And we are back on Simply Write with Polly, part of the Electric Cast Creators Network. Thank you for joining us today. We have fantasy novelist Josh Rutherford here. And Josh, before I went to break, I was asking you about world building, fantasy writing. Now you've done a, a few different styles of writing. What is it that drew you to the fantasy, and what are some of the unique challenges? Do you think of this uh, of writing a fantasy novel?
1: Yeah, I mean there various to be uh sure because you know within the fantasy genre and i knew this going into writing fantasy you know having read fantasy myself but you know there's a lot of uh certainly uh stereotypes and tropes and kind of other things you have to consider when um uh building different worlds uh whether it be you know with let's say ghosts or vampires or like in my case you know uh, medieval fantasy and uh, i think um well, I would say as of right now, what really drives my world building is the depth that I can really instill and infuse in my characters. Um, with my most current series, um, I was finding that I was creating these worlds of medieval fantasy and everything. But then, even more so than my previous works, um, subconsciously parts of my life were making their way into the characters and I began to notice that too. Um, what has really driven this current series is my personal experience as a multiracial individual growing up uh, mixed race and the kind of the impact that has had uh, psychologically on myself or people like myself. So in Uh, my novels I deal with different personalities and code switching and imposter syndrome that come up in their own unique ways relevant to the world that I've created but certainly that is inspired by my personal experience so um, to your point made earlier about fiction and nonfiction, oftentimes kind of intersecting that certainly shows up more in my writing and has impacted my world building.
0: I really like the idea that I can read this imaginary adventure story because your stories are really adventures, right? There's a lot of action, a lot of movement. And yet there's something to take away for the real world that I'm anchored in now. Like I find it really interesting that you're bringing in questions of race and marginalized communities and those other things through this story. And clearly, I was going to ask you if that's intentional. It sounds like it's very intentional that you're developing that so we have a new perspective when we leave one of these books.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I first started writing, it made its way subconsciously and in my (laughs) outlines and notes and everything. So it wasn't um, intentional, intentional until I started noticing those things coming up. And then I really leaned into it and became more intentional over time. And by now is uh, very intentional and something that I'm very proud to do and something that I will continue doing with my writing, being very conscious of.
0: Does that happen mostly through characterization? Is it how you create the world, the communities, the people, the characters are living in within the story? What techniques do you use to do that, do you think?
1: Yeah, um that's come up uh, mostly in my character development and especially in the dialogue and uh, uh, that they use um uh you know with my current series um because it involves four identical brothers quadruplets uh certainly having that interaction uh those uh kind of that relational dialogue come up that's really where their um personalities and their characteristics really develop and um that is something that I'm very much, a uh, focus on kind of that dialogue and the creation of re- relationships that happens with that. That's actually stems from my experience, um, with Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, joined Toastmasters, um, actually originally to help me, um, uh, I guess you could say polish my, uh, speaking skills in the corporate world, but then I found it had very positive downstream, um, Uh, effects on my writing and I really took that experience and have infused it within my writing and especially with creating relationships and with enhancing my dialogue.
0: I think that's a great point. Writing is such a quirky business, right? You have to sit alone and be comfortable playing with these ideas in your head and be quiet and be introvert. And then you have to go out in the world and be big and get on podcasts like this and and talk to media and meet other people at networking events and all that kind of stuff. It's really kind of a bipolar occupation in in that way. And I find that after I go out, to promote a book i love that but i'm tired from that i'm ready to come back in and do the writing again it, it really taps two sides of my being i think
1: yeah same here yeah as an introvert i completely relate
0: tell me about self-publishing or independent publishing is that where you're going with your books right now is that how you you've done it so far
1: that is how i've done it so far um part of that was um uh, inspired or kind of um affected by my time spent screenwriting or as an aspirational screenwriter because um, one of the things that really uh, caused a lot of just fatigue for me was just waiting to hear back <laughs> from agents and oftentimes the answer was no so to take more control of my uh, writing and my writing career um, I leaned into independent publishing being an indie writer and uh, so far I've love the process or I've certainly liked it more <laughs> than dealing with uh, the third parties. Um, but it's also been very uh, freeing, you know, I work with my own deadlines, you know, it feels uh, a lot more empowering to me than anything else I've ever done.
0: There are so many ways to write and produce good material, good stories now, that it's worth looking at all the sides. because there are so many gatekeepers in publishing. And, I, and I've done, I'm I'm leaning into independent publishing a little bit now, but I, I've worked with smaller presses and I've had great experience. And I'm often finding myself waiting for other decisions to be made and other people to do their work. And I just wanna get the stuff out there, right? I wanna keep some momentum. So I think writers, if you're listening to this and you have a story to tell, I don't think you should discount any direction i think it's like what josh is saying find the thing that feels best for you, for you to get your story told or for you to get your material out there, but make it good, right? You don't just put slop out there. I mean, we need to uphold the standards of literary work and the authors who have come before us and all of that. I think we need to hold ourselves to that higher standard. About that, Josh, do you design the covers? Do you hire professionals to help with editing? What is your process like when you start the independent publishing process?
1: Well, once I have a manuscript uh, ready or near ready or kind of there's flat at the end of the tunnel, um, yeah, I do um, uh, hire um, third parties uh, through well uh, sites like Fiverr or through you know other contacts I've made over the years. Uh, I do not design my own covers. I wish I had <laughs> that artistic sensibility. Yeah. I have that graphic design background, but I don't. But I uh, thankfully uh, work with someone who uh, has helped me my past couple novels and knows uh, my style and kind of inclinations. Uh, Same thing with uh, editing. I mean, editing, uh, well, in my particular writing, my works tend to go a little bit longer. So editing uh, not only uh, involves me identifying or reaching out to individuals I've worked with before or want to work with to get developmental editing or line editing in place, but also in terms of budgeting, um, making sure that I have the funds to pay these people, um, you know, Uh, usually that part of the process, uh, when I'm nearing the end of my manuscript, I have an idea of what it might cost, um, or what it should cost. And then I kind of work from there. So definitely a lot of, uh, planning, a lot of, uh, also when I actually start working with these vendors, a lot of reverse engineering, making sure that I have everything ready for them so that we can move forward. And, uh, thankfully, um, you know, nowadays, especially with everything being online, there's, um, I'd say relatively quick turnaround times with a lot of these projects um, because I'm working with so many different people at different stages.
0: Yeah. That's cool. And yes, this is where the business comes in. You know, anybody can write, I say that but tongue in cheek a little bit because writing well is the trick, right? That's the craft. That's the work. It is pretty obvious when somebody hasn't put in the work to respect the business. If you need an editor, hire an editor, and I think everyone does. I, when you find the right person, it makes your work better. But you need to look at your budget, and you need to look at what these books are, what the return's going to be, and what your investment is going to be time-wise, right? And, and financially, I think investing in uh, professionally done book covers is really important for most of us because covers are so essential. I really like yours. And I like the consistency I see from book to book, right? That draws me into the series. So writers, be smart about this. Don't just decide, okay, I'm gonna independently publish. Find the experts you need in those different realms to help make this a success because you want the writing to be packaged well so people pick it up. Josh, how else do you reach your readers? Do you do a lot of social media when you have a book coming out or how do you plan that? Yeah.
1: Um, you know. With reaching readers, um, I'll be honest, I still experiment quite a bit. (laughs) And uh, it uh, comes in the form of either uh, a lot of... like say teasers where free books are available um, because that helps at least to build up some like reviews and some exposure and everything. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Amazon ads, which I've done (laughs) over my past few um, releases and everything. And that's the thing about um, advertising and promotion. I mean, the board you know, the game board just keeps changing uh, when it comes to like what is available out there and what actually works and what may have worked for this novel if they change the algorithm may not work for this next one and everything. So I'm in constant awe of uh, anyone who uh, has... Uh, done it well, at least once. And I would say when it comes to, I mentioned compassion and forgiveness of oneself, uh, trying to figure it out. Um, especially if, you know, in my case, because I've done a few books self-published now, I'm looking at like a few years, that's like decades in the online world (laughs) when things can change. So, uh, I'm constantly trying to figure it out, trying to refine and fine tune. And, but also, um, Uh, looking for those partnerships um, that I can make to help me with um, the advertising promotions. And I'm always keeping an eye out
0: that patience and and willingness to really think about this profession as exploration right we can do so much our craft is the writing and then and then we have to be flexible and agile and watch as things come up and what's working and also i found i've got to go to what's authentic for me i've tried some different things and it just didn't feel true to me so don't be afraid to experiment a little bit pay attention to the results and what's working where your readers are and i think that'll that'll help you as you go forward into uh, creating your own sustainable career. Josh, thanks for being on the show. I want to take a minute. Where can we find your books? What else do you have coming up and coming out? How can we get in touch? Yeah,
1: definitely. You can uh, go to my website, joshuakrutherford.com. And uh, there are links to my books. You can find that at Amazon. Um, I also have some promotional chapters on a uh, Booksy, uh, which is free to the public. And uh, you can follow me also uh, through the website. and find my social media. And I love to connect with uh, readers as well as writers and uh, certainly uh, kind of just build those um, connections and partnerships. So um such as with our writers like you, Polly. <laughs>
0: Fantastic, I do too. You can find my work at PollyCampbell.com and connect with us in our Simply Write community where we take a deep dive, we have different conversations. I hear from many of you privately, feel free to leave a comment. I like to hear what people are working on and how they're doing it. That's how we all learn. And you can find my newest book, You Recharged, wherever books are sold and that brings us to what's in the desk josh what tools or earphones or notebooks or equipment do you have around you when you write anything special you use
1: um nothing too special uh maybe uh well uh, definitely a number of notebooks from my local heb uh, here in uh, texas and then also uh what i have found is uh Um, going on youtube and playing uh especially like nature videos uh where i can hear birds chirping or just like creeks or brooks and just that water falling that is definitely kind of gets me into the zone and allows me to focus so uh whenever i'm writing if i you know, in an environment that allows for me to just kind of unwind a little bit and, you know, have my notebook handy and, uh, just my natural sounds available. Uh, that's what really kind of gets me into the zone.
0: Do you write mostly longhand or you just take notes and then put it into the computer in some fashion?
1: Yeah, usually I'm taking notes. Um, Scribbling, if you will, Me um, too. And, down and then refining them when I get them uh, onto a laptop.
0: Yeah, I'm a big scribbler, otherwise, I will forget it in one ear and out the other. Check out Josh's book. Your latest is Peaceful.
1: That's correct. Yes. The sequel, Everhaul, will hopefully be out later this year or early next year.
0: Great. Check out the newest book coming out later in 2023 or early 2024. And right now, go get Peaceful by. Josh K. Rutherford. Josh, thanks for being here. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much, Paulie. It was great being here. Remember, there's lots to learn about this profession, but if you want to make it a sustainable practice, you have to sit down and simply write. Hey there, I'm DC. I host The Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena: The Interviews.
1: Electric ass.
0: Electricast transform your influence.
1: Electricast Electricast.